0: Welcome back to the What's Up and What's Next podcast, the greatest podcast of all times. How's everyone doing? I hope everyone's having an amazing week. Hope you guys are staying safe. I hope your families are doing okay and staying safe as well. And I hope you've had a great week. I thought it would be great for me to drop an episode just before the weekend. So you guys can go and listen to to, to this podcast episode if that is something that uh, attracts you to do. And today I wanna talk about cognitive biases. Cognitive biases is a big thing, especially now that we as a society have woken up, if I could call it so. And I will explain what a cognitive bias is. I'll go a bit more deeper into the different types of cognitive biases. I'll also give you guys examples so you can relate. And I'll also tell you guys a few of the tips that I believe we can use as a society to start disrupting those cognitive biases. Now, first things first, I am not a subject matter expert in this topic. I am not. However, I've done quite a lot of research, quite a lot of extensive research, and I I would like to believe I am knowledgeable enough to give you guys an overview of what cognitive biases are, the different types of cognitive biases, the examples in which we might have as a society used it and how we can possibly disrupt these biases. I want to say as well that I was inspired to do this podcast based on a conversation with two friends of mine, Salika Jawani and Amin Qasem. Big shout out to Salika. She's a really inspiring friend. Also, big shout out to Amin Qasem. I've had the pleasure to meet him recently and talk to him. An amazing person, remarkable individual. And he's also the head of legal in Asia at Bloomberg, which is an amazing company. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> also, shout out to another friend of mine, Noshin, Noshin from the US. She probably doesn't know I'm even giving a a shout out right now but (laughs) I saw some of her posts on Instagram in regards to implicit bias in the context of the educational system and that is also one of the factors that's made me come and do this episode. Now I'm not only going to be speaking about cognitive biases in the context of education, I'm actually going to be speaking about them in a broader term and I'll give context in the educational uh, side of things, I'll also give context in the professional side of things, because cognitive biases exist across all aspects of life, if we could put it that way. So let's start by, by basics. First of all, we need to understand that we as a society are not perfect. And we're also not meant to be perfect, we're only meant to be the best versions of ourselves because perfection is uh, is platonic. It doesn't really exist, in my opinion, of course. But we can work and strive towards being the best version of ourselves. And the reason why we haven't progressed in mindset and mentality as much as we have with technology and business is quite simple. It's because we haven't spent enough time focusing on introspection. What does introspection mean? Introspection is the ability for us to examine our own thought processes, our emotions and our mental state and the way we carry ourselves in a way. So back to the main point. What is cognitive bias? Cognitive biases are systematic patterns of deviation from norm or rationality in judgment. I know that is <laughs> that is a mouthful, I know, I know. Let me explain it in simpler words. Cognitive biases influence how we think and often lead to errors and mistakes that we make in terms of decisions and judgments. In other words, our judgment is clouded because of this cognitive bias. Another word that you may have heard, which I mentioned just earlier, was implicit bias. So just like any other cognitive bias, the implicit bias, also known as unconscious bias, is a result of the brain's tendency to try and simplify the world. Because the brain is constantly being flooded with more information than it can actually process. The brain is then forced to make mental shortcuts to make it faster and easier for the brain to sort through all of these data. Now, this isn't necessarily a good thing, the fact that we can make mental shortcuts, uh, especially not in the context of cognitive biases. Let me give you now examples of the different types of cognitive biases. There's, there are so many cognitive biases, and I'm not gonna go over all of them, but I will go over some of the most common ones, I guess, and give you guys a good overview of where do we see these type of biases happening and they happen across all aspects of life but I'll give you just a few examples so let's start off with anchoring buyers now it comes from anchoring comes from the word anchor which I'm sure you would have figured that out by now you know that little thing you know when you you got boats and ships in the sea and they drop an anchor to the sea and okay you know what I think you guys get the picture yeah so it comes from anchor anchoring buyers what is it it is over relying on the first piece of information obtained and using that as a baseline for comparison let me give you guys an example of that now let's say a company is hiring for a specific job and let's say they make the candidates make uh, do a specific test let's say the first candidate that comes through scores an unusually high test score what the, what, what might happen from there is that might set the bar so high that candidates that come after with normal scores seem and appear to be less qualified than they otherwise would and obviously that is not the case right but this is what this bias is all about think about your university they always calculate a average for a specific module so let's say the year of 2020 they scored an unusually high exam score for that module and that the module average for that year was really high Really, really high. Now let's say in 2021 uh, let's say in 2021 that year scores like a first. But it's just like you know, your normal first. Now it's still good, but in the eyes of the university, for example, it might be that it appears to be that the 2021 class for that module is less qualified or were less capable academically than the previous year just because the previous year happened to score an unusual high test score so I think you get the picture now by the way I'm not sure all these examples that I'm going to give you I'm not saying that all companies and all institutions and all universities and all brands I'm not saying they have it I'm saying some do, some don't, sometimes it's unconscious, sometimes you're not aware of it, but it exists. We need to come to facts with the fact that it exists. I think I said the word fact way too many times. Okay, next, we have got choice supportive buyers, which basically says that once a decision is made, people tend to over-focus on its benefits and minimize its flaws. Okay, you're probably asking, okay, so what does that mean really? Let's give you an example then. Companies sometimes might look at the past to make a choice supportive decision so for example if they've had good 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 candidates that have come from uh, university a that they've had in the past they might just in the future make decisions based on that saying okay well we have clearly hired someone from this prestigious university a and last time it really worked out really well and then they might use that to then perhaps be a bit more clouded so that if a, a future candidate came from that same university is like, oh, yeah, that candidate may is probably really good because we've had candidates from this university and it worked out really well. Next one, confirmation bias. And this is probably like a really, really well-known one, which means that if I say something is true and you say that, yes, I agree that is true, then it makes it true. Which is obviously wrong, like just because I'm saying that something is true and you're confirming it doesn't necessarily make it true. So confirmation bias is actually really really dangerous. Just because I say something is true, it doesn't make it true. Next one is fundamental attribution error. Okay, that was a bit of a mouthful. I'm Portuguese, Uh, I just want you guys to remember this. I'm doing my best. It it means overemphasizing personal factors and underestimating situational factors or circumstantial factors when explaining other people's behavior. Now an example of it is, say for example, a company is hiring for a job and they have an interview set up with candidate A for three o'clock in the afternoon and the candidate is late for that interview. The company might just make the conclusion that he or she is irresponsible or lazy rather than remembering that, for example, traffic, is a, a circumstantial factor that you can't control or that roads being closed is a circumstantial factor that you can't control. And I think you sort of get the idea here, right? It's, it's, once again, it's unfair. And all of these biases, You, one thing you'll realize is they, they are unfair, they are just clouded judgments. Another bias that I wanna speak about is the groupthink. Groupthink is interesting and I feel like a lot of people also will understand what this really means. Let's say you have a group of people that have a certain ideology or they believe on a certain idea or a certain opinion or a certain perspective. As soon as a new member or a new person gets added to that group, he'll most likely also be influenced to have that same ideology and that same idea, which obviously makes it difficult, for example, for minority opinions to be heard if the majority of the group holds a strong contradictory view to yours or to the minority groups in this case the next bias is called availability bias which i think is pretty self-explanatory actually availability making decisions based on immediate information or examples that come to mind so if a company for example hears about a candidate from birmingham who accepted a job but then quitted that job like a month later because of the cold weather or whatever, that company may probably just assume that all candidates from Birmingham are going to be like that. So, you know, once again, it's the availability bias, right? You're making a decision based on immediate information and you're generalizing it effectively. Now, I still have a couple of biases I want to go to, but I think you guys are getting the idea by now of what types of different cognitive biases we have seen. There is a bias called. Ostrich, 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 Ostrich effect. Okay, you guys are going to have to forgive me for this one. Uh, I'm going to call it the Ostrich effect. You know, Ostrich is the animal, long legs, long neck. Um, Yeah, I think you guys get it. It means that you avoid bad news about a decision by ignoring data that might be negative. So, for example, again, a company may choose not to pay attention to data about how their choice affects diversity goals or minority employment rates within their company. That's something that a company may choose to to ignore. And that's just one example of many. Another really, really common bias is called the recency effect, which comes from the word recent. So recent events are easier to remember and can be weighted in more heavily than past events or potential future events. Again, let's go to a professional example. And I'm not saying that these biases only happen in professional environments. They happen in educational environments. They happen to any type of entity, brand, society as a whole, people as a whole. That's it. So an example of a recency effect is in the context of the professional environment. If a company is hiring candidates, the candidates that were interviewed early on in the process may be evaluated less uh, favorably because the candidates that they remember the most could have been the candidates they interviewed, like, recently. And therefore, they sort of get this idea of, like, oh, this is a good candidate who I've interviewed recently. But you might have forgotten, or not forgotten, but you might have, might be biased towards the fact that you have a candidate that was interviewed earlier on, which is probably better, if not as great, as that candidate. And therefore, you make a judgment based on that. Which, once again, comes to the fact that it is certainly unfair, to to do so and I think as far as biases goes I've given you guys like loads of biases to to think about and loads of examples in the educational context in the professional environment I believe you guys get the idea if you don't feel free to reach out to me I'm doing my best to explain uh, everything I can and summarizing all the information I've read from all the resources I've found now the question here is how can we disrupt these biases How can we de-bias our biases? Because clearly, this is an issue. Whether we are willing to acknowledge it or not, this is an issue. So we should certainly do something about it. And we need to try and strive and work towards a better world. How can we disrupt these biases? So let me give you guys a few tips of what I believe are steps that you can take for Uh, better decision-making and and a more objective decision-making and a better rationale in terms of your behavior and how you act towards certain situations number one increase self-awareness this is like probably one of the most important things because if you're not aware that you have a problem you are not going to be able to do anything about that problem because you're not aware of it right so that is the first first thing that you need to do you need to start by noticing your reactions Notice your responses, notice the judgments throughout the day to different situations and different individuals. Pay attention to how you feel. Often when we encounter like a difference, we might have a a specific reaction to that difference where a judgment will then arise within us. You should take note and, and ask yourself, is this one of my biases? Is my judgment clouded? What am I feeling? An example of this is like the gender bias. Where you might believe that one gender can do the job better than another gender. For example, saying stuff like, oh yeah, m- men can do this job better than women can. Or vice versa, saying women can do this job better than men than can. But-, but-, but why? Why is that? And there are so many, many, many more contexts and examples of where cognitive biases kick in. And we need to work on it. Like, uh, just a quick example, like, why is it that some people look at certain jobs with different type of respect like why is it that you're not giving the same respect uh, that you give a ceo uh, to a cleaner or to people who work in mcdonald's or burger king why is it that those jobs are looked down upon for example and that's just one example and by the way shout out to those jobs shout out to burger king i worked for Burger King part-time for two years whilst i was doing my first two years of university amazing company i've learned a lot from them and I've got a lot of respect for, for, for that company and all the other companies in all the other jobs because I, I was raised to have that sort of like, the, the same respect that you pay to a CEO, you, had to, you have to pay it to a, a cleaner and any other type of job. And that just just goes to say, but as, as, a, as a society, we need to work on a lot of things and it, it is the reality of today. So again, increase that self-awareness, become more curious about yourself, question your thought processes, question your decisions, question your behavior and start triggering that, that mindset within yourself. Number two, identify who and what makes you uncomfortable. So often there is someone in your workplace who rubs you the wrong way, someone who annoys you or this could be a, a school, college, university or your workplace, someone who just rubs you the wrong way, He, that person, he or she uh, annoys you become curious ask yourself what is it that really makes me respond this way to this person like do I really know that person is there a bias towards them and if so what is that bias another area to consider might be that if someone has a different point of view on an issue and that view is different from yours does that make you uncomfortable being aware of your feelings or discomfort is an excellent way to taking a peek into your unconscious biases Number three and last one that I would say is educate yourself on the many different cognitive biases. Listening to this podcast is probably like a a really good way or a really great start to get a a feeling of what cognitive biases are all about. And once you start educating yourself a bit more on the topic, you start being more aware. Once you start being more aware, you start questioning things a bit more. As soon as you start questioning things a bit more, you are then able to make a change. It all starts with yourself. If you become curious about about yourself and about the decisions you've made and the behaviours you have, you'll certainly be able to start walking towards the path of making a change. Consciously adopting a curious mindset towards yourself and what biases shape you is just a start to making better decisions and altering your thought patterns, your thought processes. So... That is my advice on the topic. Obviously, I'm not a subject matter expert, but I did feel like I had enough to give you guys today to perhaps bring some useful insights. Another thing I would say, and this is a important thing that I would definitely recommend everyone to do is, if you look at the show notes, there is a link to a test called the Harvard Implicit Bias Test, which as the name says, surprise, surprise, Harvard University made it. So Harvard University made this really, really good implicit bias test and this test, what it helps you do is once you you do the test online, so just click that link and go do it, it will help you discover types of cognitive biases that you may have that you're either unwilling to to acknowledge or unable to, to, to be able to report them and acknowledge them yourself. So take the test Uh, you'll find that you are going to find out a lot more about yourself than you probably knew. And that's not a bad thing. Like I said before, the goal is not to be perfect. The goal is to strive to be the best version of yourself. And I know people will argue that those two are the same thing, but they are really not the same thing. Perfection doesn't exist. Being the best version of yourself does. So yeah, go work on yourself. Go be the best version of yourself and take that test. Honestly, look at the show notes, click that link take the test and you will find out a lot more about yourself that you didn't know and again shout out to Armin Kassan because he's the one who made me aware of this test I didn't know about it myself but yeah go do the test I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode and if you have enjoyed today's episode then please make sure to listen to the next podcast to find out what's up and what's next